Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Hey, go to John 15, 1. We're still talking about the Word. How many of you have been in this Word series? We're going to start a new series, you know, and pretty soon before you know it, we're still in the Word, you know. But once we get, once we get out of the Word, we're, we're going to be, we're going to, we're going to be into something new. So you got to really... Value the Word of God this series. Is that okay? Does that kind of make sense? You're valuing, everybody say valuing the Word of God. John 15, 1 is, is strong. John 15, 1 and 2. It, I want to talk about the abiding factor. Okay? 15, 1. I am the vine. See this? I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me, this amplified, I got, any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away, he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it more and more richer and more excellent fruit. See that? Look what he says here. He says, you want to keep going? You're going three. Let's read three. Even richer fruit. You've already been clean. Because of the word which I've given you, what the teachings which I have discussed with you. Keep going. Four, remain in me, and I will remain in you. Thus, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself without me, without basically without remaining in the vine, you can't bear no fruit for yourself. Neither can you bear fruit producing evidence of your faith. Now, I like that. If you don't have the word in you, you have no evidence of faith. Yeah. You have no evidence of faith. How many know you've got to have an evidence of faith? And the word of God is your only evidence of faith. Okay? Because Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? So we understand that. Now, I want you to look at this, right? Look at verse 5. Unless you remain. Look at verse 5. I am the vine and ye are the the one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is, you can't do nothing. You'll be cut out from your union. You can't do nothing. Verse 6, if a man abides, if anyone, right, does not remain in me, he's thrown out like broken off branches. He withers and he dies. They that gathered in the word and the ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. See it? So he's saying, you got to abide in the word, and the word's got to abide in you. Well, how do you abide in it? you got to put it in you. Okay? Well, how in the world do you put the word of God in you? Well, glad you asked. You gotta, here's the kicker. Now, you got to understand this stuff. It's easy to know it, but are you abiding in it? See, abiding means you stay in it. You just don't know it, but you would stay in it. Now, how in the world are you going to stay in God and know you're staying in God. you got to stay in the Word. Okay? So when you make the Word of God your first and final priority, it's your first remembrance to go to it. You're abiding in it. Uh, situations, circumstances, thoughts, ideas, and suggestions do not let you deviate from what you know the Word of God says. To abide means not just you know it, but you put it inside of you and you allow it to govern your life. I believe this with all my heart, the person that abides in the word of God is the person who is a doer of the word of God. He is not a hearer only forgetting what he's heard. Abiding means what? 
staying connected with. If you abide with somebody, that means what? You're kind of connected to it, amen? How do you stay connected to God? It sounds kind of goofy, but I'm going to say something here, and I want you to get this. Abiding in God is a place of trust. God knows you can trust him, but he doesn't know if he can trust you. The only way God knows he can trust you is if you continue to abide in him no matter what your season of life looks like. Do you understand that? You have to be able to abide. See, God, God, you know you can trust God. Look, let me tell you something right here now. If you are doubting the validity of the word of God after this series, you should be convinced, okay? And here's the thing. The value of basic return is the value you place on it. Remember we talked about that? It ain't got nothing to do with the word of God. The word of God's powerful. It's how much value you place on it, okay? So we understand that. Remember we went to Mark 4, I think like 24, said take heed what you hear, whatever measure you meet it is the measure it's coming back. Remember that? Mark 4, 24. Talked about the sower sows the word. These are they by the wayside, such as hear the word immediately. Right? Affliction and persecution rising for the word's sake. They get offended. These are they by the wayside. Remember that? 424, what did he say? He said, take heed what you hear. For the measure you meet it or the value you place on it, the measure's coming back. Right? You could even leave it in Amplify. Pay attention to what you hear. Now, you got to get this. I like this. By your own standard of measurement, that is what? Watch this. To the extent that you study spirit. Now, watch this. I'm going to say this. Don't worry about the study part. To the extent you put basically to spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom, it's going to be measured to you. Not just the study of it, the application of it. You, you see, here's, well, I know what the Bible says. Well, okay, that's great. But how much of the Bible are you basically allowing to govern your life? See, because we want an opinion. Here's the problem. It's really spiritual pride. It really is. Because when you, see, people say, what is humility? Most people don't even know what humility is. There is a level of humility when you come under the word of God. And there is a level of humility when you exalt yourself above the word of God. Meaning this, it is false humility to lift your opinion above the opinion of God. That's pride. When you see the word of God and you get an opinion outside of that, that's spiritual pride on your half. But I don't know if God's really that serious about all this stuff. He is. He is. And that's why the church looks like foolish nonsense because we talk about the love side of God. Let's talk about the principles of God. Let's talk about the principles because the principles ain't going to make nobody comfortable. You understand that? The principles are going to separate. All the people that just want the love side. Well, I don't think we should talk about that stuff. Well, Jesus talked about it. Well, you know, if you say it, you're going to offend somebody. Get offended. That's your own choice. See, here's the problem with people. If you get offended, that's your fault, not the words. But Jesus said this word will offend you, but that means your heart's not right. Because somewhere, you know what? You want to know what happens when you speak the truth? The people that lie to themselves, they get restless. Why do I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. That's because you don't know what you're talking about. It's a huge deal to God, but we want to fabricate our Christianity to fit the community and the society that we're in. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. Can't happen. Never will. Jesus said, this word offends you. It ain't me. He said, this book offends you. Now, I am not properly in position to come and offend anybody. Who wants to do that? But if the word offends you, I'm not backing up on it. Get over it. Grow up. 
Well, I don't think I see. I don't think I, I don't think I see it like the way you see it. Well, then you see it wrong because I just read it out of the book. I didn't give my opinion about it, nor did I add anything to it. See what I'm saying? And when you act like that, everybody's like, "Oh, you know." So leave it alone. But understand this. Okay, that's cute when it comes to the hot ticket items, but how cute is it we're walking in love for you? Well, you don't know what they said to me. I don't really care what they said to you. You better figure out a way to forgive if you're going to be all right. Do it by faith. The feelings will catch up. Oh, there's some evil people in the earth. Trust me, I know. You can't justify it. It's crazy. Some people are just demonized. How do you forgive the demonized? I don't know. It's harder than forgiving the half demonized. I'll tell you that. It, but you got to figure out how to, do, I'm just being serious, you got to figure out how to do it because it affects you. Okay, well, okay, I, I don't really like that one. Um, see what I'm saying? So, so where's the, well, I want to say what I want to say. You can't, if you're going to live this life, you can't say what you want to say. You got to say what the word says. See what I'm saying? So where is your yielder at? Where are you going to yield? You know what I'm saying? Where, where are you going to say, okay, I got to, like, yield to God and go all in. Once you figure that out, that's the measure of where you're at. Because you don't get to say what you want to say. You don't get to do what you want to do. You don't get to, there's a lot of stuff. You got to understand. Man, a church has to understand something. You've been bought with a price. Your life is not your own. You have to be submitted in this thing. And I'm not, I'm not picking on nobody. Please understand me. You know what I mean? And this is not, this is not me abrasive. This is what happens with the church. You got to get all in in an area, because he said, abide in me, my word abides in you. You can ask me. Everybody wants, you ask me what you will, and I'll do it. Yeah, well, guess what? It starts with the abiding first, because God got to know he can trust you. See what it means? So the level that you connect is the level of return. He goes on to say some 30, 60, some 100 fold. Remember this. The seed, the seed, the seed, the seed has to find the right soil. The soil is more important than the seed. I'm convinced of it. Because the soil receives the seed, okay? Does that make sense? The seed can change the soil. Does that make sense? It'll change it if the soil receives it. Your heart's the seed of the soil, okay? So it means this. The word of God is the seed. Your heart is the soil. If your heart rejects what you hear, the soil doesn't change. The seed has the potential and the power to change the soil of your heart. But if you're a rejecter, you can't put the seed in you to transform your life. Does that make sense? So if you allow God to grow some stuff in your heart, your life will change. But that means you got to abide. you got to stay in it even when it's not comfortable because how many of you know it's going to get uncomfortable? Is that okay? So you see why I said all that? So you get this thing. Well, you know, all right, well, guess what? Some seasons it ain't going to be easier than other seasons, but I still have to abide. Why do I have to abide? Because the abiding factor is the key to growth. you got to understand. Look at John 14, 16. The Holy Spirit abides with us no matter what. See, he makes it very clear. He said, I'm going to abide with you. Well, you got to abide with him, okay? And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another what? Comforter, that he may abide with you forever. That's the Holy Spirit. Look what he says in verse 17. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth them not, neither knoweth him, but you know him. You see that? You see that? You know him. Keep going. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. The Holy Spirit's in you. He don't come in and out of you and leave. He stays with you forever. The Holy Spirit don't leave you. You understand that? He don't leave you. He stays in you. Now, he don't manifest as much as he needs to sometimes when you're not, you know, kind of flowing with him. But you, he's, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask me, 
I abide in you and the Father abides in me and me and my Father will come and make a home in you. Holy Spirit's in you. He's a, so we're saying, God abiding with you, but are you abiding with him? Well, that makes no sense. It makes total sense because if you're not abiding in the word, you're not abiding in him even though he's abiding in you. You have to become conscious of God in you. But you know him. That's why he said you know him. How you know him? You know him through the word. See it? You know him. This ain't no big mystery. You know him. You know what you're supposed to do. See it? So why is that important? Very important because here's the thing. If I don't abide in the word, I can't abide in him. Every time you step out of the word, you step out of understanding revelation knowledge. So if you know to do good and do it not, it's sin. You see what I'm saying? So you got to like, it's a fight. You see what I'm saying? It's a fight to stay in it. Why is it so important? First Thessalonians First Thessalonians 2.13, you're going to love this, okay? You see this? Now, this, guys, I'm not, I'm not this, ain't, this ain't deep, but it's practical, but it has to start becoming a discipline of where it's got to be word of God first, word of God first. Well, I'm not going to be that extreme. Well, who's talking about extreme? We're not talking about extreme. We're talking about being a believer. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know what I mean? What do you mean? This is not extreme. This is being a believer. This is one-on-one believing. Look at this. For this cause also we thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you didn't receive it as men. You received it not as the word of men, but as it is true, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. See it? So when you hear it, you got to understand, it's, this is the word of God. This ain't the word of men. It has the power and the potential to transform your life. Look at the first part of that real quick again. For this cause, we thank God. Why are you thanking God? We thank God without ceasing. Well, why is that? Because when you received the word which you heard of us, you didn't hear it like a man's gospel. You knew it was the word of God. which effect, You received it not as the word of men, but as it is in the truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. You see it? That word's working effectually mightily in you. When you put that word in you, it goes to work spiritually on the inside. Man, it'll change you from the inside out. It's alive. You see it? He said, the effectual, the effectual, the effectual fervent prayer. Fervent prayer availeth much. See it? The effectual fervent. Let me pray. It's on fire. It's lit. It'll change you. The word of God will change you from the inside out. But you didn't receive it as the word of men. You received it as the word of God. See, here's the thing. The value of it is placed on the recipient, not on the value of the word by itself, by the Bible. How much do you value it? So something, ah, oh, yeah, whatever, you know. I went to church, pastor was talking about it. I don't know if he knows what he's talking about. I don't know. Anyway, put one of you up here. Put Chris up here. Throw him over here and say, Chris, read the Bible. You'd be like, well, what, who's that joker? What's he, what's, he, what's he doing up there? What's he know? And you're critiquing the, the vessel when he's got the word to change your life. You see, that's the problem with the church. How anointed are you? Well, the word's anointed. You know what I'm saying? Chris gets up here, I ain't going to say how anointed are you. I'm going to say how anointed your ears. You see what I'm saying? You understand this? The book's alive. Stay in it. 
You see, you see what I'm saying? Well, some people are more anointed to do things than others. I understand what you're saying, but the Word of God has, see, here's the thing. The Word of God's got the power to transform anybody, and God's no respecter of persons. And I tell you this, and I'm serious about this. If God does a miracle for you, then he's got to give me the Word to get me a miracle. Otherwise, he'd be a respecter of a person. So if he did something for Joey, he does something for Joey. Oh, bless her. Woo, miracle. I said, hey, God, what about me? He goes, well, guess what? Use your faith and get it from the Word. The same thing the gifts of the Spirit can get you, your faith can get you. You understand what I said? He'd be a respecter of person if he did that. That's why sovereignty of God, I don't buy. You know? Well, he does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. No, he don't. No, he don't. I don't buy it. I understand. He, he, the beginning of it, I get it, but not now. I understand the beginning of it. God just framed the world. Yeah, that was sovereign, you know, the thing like that. But I got it right now. If he does something for you, just does it for you, he don't do it for me, makes him a respecter person. So if he does it for you, I got to get a way to do it. How do I do it? It didn't happen in a miracle. You can get it through faith. You understand that? There ain't one miracle in that book. You can, you can get it through faith. You understand me? Faith. Brother Hagen told him he had the greatest healing revival we ever seen. The greatest healing, healing revival the earth ever seen was in the seventy. Catherine Kuhlman, all those greats were doing it. Like, it was wild. Brother Hagen said, I'll be here when you're all gone. He wasn't being rude. Man's never been rude a day in his life. He said, I'll be here when you're all gone. What was he saying? He goes, I'm teaching faith. You guys are working with a gift. When the gift, when the gift doesn't come in operation, what are you going to tell these people? He said, I'm, I'm teaching you faith. Faith to get done what gifts of the Spirit can give you. Man, I was in Bible school, you know, and I ain't going to tell you who, what, or where, when, or how, but they started getting into it. You know, one group was like, we're gifts of the Spirit. The other group was, we're word of faith. I'm like, y'all stupid. I got an argument. The one guy was like, you're going to, because I went to the evangelist group. I didn't go to pastor's group. Yeah, they got mad at me. I was like, they go one guy's like, he wanted the pastors. Guys like, well, you guys are all. I said, be quiet. I ain't going to your dead church anyway. I'm gonna go preach. I preach. You're, you're gonna have a dead church. He said, why are you saying that for? I said, because you're a dipstick. I said, why? Why you gotta have one or the other? I said, why you gotta have one or the other? Why can't you just put it together and we got this thing figured out? Because if it gives the spirit, man, I was so boxing. Jesus did it. You know where John? Where Jesus did it? I'll show it to you. You want to see it? Oh, I studied this out. Flipped though. That's when I told I came back with a revelation. Got everybody mad then. Yeah, I, pre I preached it. I think it was the first work the works. That was my first sermon I ever preached in my life. Work the works. Yeah, work the works. It was a hot time. It was a hot CD, bro. Hot, baby. I think it was hot. We had, we had cassettes back then. Remember that? You know what a cassette is? Man, I asked somebody the other day when they graduated, I got nervous. Who was that in here? Somebody asked when they graduated. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, Lindsay. He, I'm like, he, man, this joker, I was like, oh, my God. He was like four years old. I was graduating high school. That kid was four. That's not, that's not cool. That's just, now I'm starting to feel it. I said, like, what, what, what? He had a high school thing on. I said, what's, what's your graduate said? I said, bro. It's amazing. Oh, my God, you were four years old. Grown man now, though. <laughs> I was, you were four when I was doing this. Oh, my God. I feel sorry for some of you. I ain't saying nothing. I just leave you alone. <laughs> so we were like, <laughs> so, so well, here's my story. You want to see it? Jesus produced the miracle. Remember what the man at the pool of Bethesda? This is where I got this. You're going to like this. You're going to like this, right? You Bible people are really going to like this. Remember he walked through the pool of Bethesda and found one man? And he walked through all the other sick folks. There was a bunch of people who laid at the pool of Bethesda. He went to one man. He said, he said, do you want to be made whole? 
He said, he pushed through the crowd. He said, no man puts me in the pool. He said, before the stirring of the water comes. And he said, it's done. He sat there 30 and eight years. And I seen it. And I, got, I caught it. I said, okay, well, who, who's stirring the water? The angel of God bringing healing. That's cool. I can agree with that. Type, type in a shadow of what is to come. Jesus Christ. He's not, he's not preaching crucifixion. He's working in a gift. Pushed through a crowd of people, went to one person. Gift of the Spirit. Absolutely. Why didn't you heal everybody? The gift of the Spirit. 38 years. Right? Man laid there 38 years. We know Jesus' ministry is 33 years on the face of the earth, so bottom line is this. He's not, he's not, he's not out. But this guy, this guy could have been here a long time, but we know Jesus was in his window of operation. Okay? So obviously we know what's going on. This dude could have been sitting there with diapers on for all we know for crying out loud from birth. I don't know. Jesus one day goes pushing through the crowd and walks up and goes to one guy and goes, do you want to be made whole? Man said, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water stirred. Jesus said, look upon me, basically. And today you can be whole if you listen to me. Take up your bed and walk. And miracle kicks in gear. Question. Was the power of God there to heal? Yes. Answer. Was it a gift of the Spirit? Absolutely. Question number two. If Jesus put a soapbox up and started preaching the gospel, could other people have been made whole? Absolutely. So if the gifts of the Spirit come into operation, great. But if they don't, teach them faith, they can get the same results. You see it? He just chose not to because here's the reason why. Not because he was being mean. His time of what? Confessing who he was to the earth wasn't ready yet. See it? But he gave us the message of what? Go tell them the sick don't have to be sick no more. Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord. Luke 4.18, when the Spirit of God comes on him for his ministry, what does he say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me. To do what? All the miracles, all the works. Now we're kicking it in gear, and I give you the same power to go do it. You understand? There's a season of time that God did operations of the gifts of the Spirit and moved in the gifts of the Spirit because the, basically the revelation of him being the Christ was not released into the earth yet. I got news for you. The revelation of him being the Christ has been released to everybody now. How's he doing miracles? He ain't even crucified. You realize every miracle Jesus ever did was before crucifixion? So how in the world did he do it? He was the lamb slain before the kingdom of the heaven, man. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. In God's eyes, it was already done what he was going to do on the cross. That's why he stood in the position of the healer in the earth, even though he was not empowered through the Holy Spirit yet. What you mean? He didn't, how, what do you mean? It didn't, he didn't have it. How did he get it? I'm talking about before the Spirit of the Lord descended upon him. How was he doing it? Yeah, okay. He did it because he was the what? The lamb slain before the foundation. In God's eyes, everything was done the minute the earth was formed and fashioned. He was already there. He was standing in a position to manifest what he'd be given the authority to do, even though the whole earth wasn't let out yet. But then once he started, we can do it. You see it? How did he do miracles before he got it? He was the lamb slain before. Before he got here, he was doing it. How do you think you got it? How do you think Abraham got it? Abraham believed God and got accredited what God was going to do. He was before. How do you do it? How do you get accredited righteousness? How do you get accredited what the cross can give you? 
and there ain't no cross even here yet. Faith in the operation of what he's going to do. It was just as real when Abraham said, I believe. He said, okay, I'll give you what he's going to do over there, even though he ain't done it yet. Because it was already done. What do you mean it was already done? It was done before the foundation of the world. But now, guess what? We're catching up to the timeline. You don't have to worry about it. You can get it with faith. Are you seeing where I'm going? I'm going to go back over here in a minute. But you catching it? How's he doing this stuff? How'd the disciples do it? He ain't got no resurrection power yet. Resurrection power hit him in the book of Acts. How'd they do it before then? Oh, they had the authority. They had authority in the position. Come on. Come on. You see it? How'd they get that? Being in Christ, they weren't even in Christ yet. They got his name, though. They got the power of the blood. They got supernatural ability. How'd he do it? Man, I'm telling you, look it. It was done. In the spirit, it was done. He just walked out. Remember, we talked about that Sarah Phoenician woman? She showed up. She got a daughter vexed with devils. She's like, my kid's crazy. This kid's got devils. What do I do? She said, he said, I ain't talking to you late. The disciples said, go away, you dog. That's what they said. She said, he said, beat the disciples. Look there, Sarah Phoenician woman, she shows up. Remember her? She showed up. What'd she say? She said, I got a problem. The kid's demonized. What do I do? They said, leave him alone. Jesus told her, he said, this is, not, I don't bring this. He said, this is not the, this is not food for you. Only the Israelites eat this. This is, the, this is the bread for the children of Israel, not for you. He called her a dog. He said, go away, you dog. She's a Gentile. Can you imagine this? He, Jesus called her a dog. That'd be great, wouldn't it? He, he wasn't being, he was just telling you, you're outside of covenant. You don't get this. She said, yeah, but I eat dog like me. It's the crumb that falls off your table. Posture is everything, man. I'll tell you right now, posture is everything. You can't walk by a posture. That's why I tell them. I tell people, you posture right, you'll get away with everything. No, you got to posture right. You get all bowed up. You goofy nonsense, bowed up. Posture right. So the, the woman said, even a dog, he said, nah, get out of here, you dog. It was rough. He wasn't being mean. He just said, you're outside of covenant. This ain't your message. He said, this is not, this is not I'm not supposed to give you. This is the children's bread, the children of Israel. This is for the Israelites, not the Gentile. This is for the Jew, not the Greek. She said, yeah, but even a, what, dog like me, it's the crumbs that fall off the master's table. She gripped him with faith. Faith in the ability to do. What did he do? He gave it to her. He stepped out of time. I told you that. People didn't like it when I said it, but I don't really care. I'm right. He did. He went into a dimension he wasn't even supposed to go in. You know what got me real buck wild about this? Want to know what jacked me up? Jacked me up. I said, hey, whoa, time out, time out, whoa, two, boop, so, whoo, Jesus, slow down the roll, answer some questions. I got questions and I need answers. What are they? You don't do nothing your daddy don't tell you to do. You just told this lady you weren't doing it three minutes ago. You said you weren't doing it. He said he ain't doing it. Remember it? He said this ain't for you. Go away, you're a dog. What change? I said, God, you better tell me this. What change? What change your mind? He said, her faith. Because God can change his mind if you could show up with faith. My God in heaven. That's why you go to faith seminar for three days. What you mean you could change God's mind? Hezekiah did it. He said, go, go get, imagine the prophet of God banging on your door and say, hey, go get everything ready. You're going to die. Woo, praise the Lord. There's a word. He stuck his face in the wall and worshiped him. 
He said, the grave can't give you praise. That's what he told him. He, said, he worked him. He said, the grave can't give you praise. And God said, go back and tell him he got 15 more years. Man, you can, faith can get God to do anything. Yeah, it can. Yeah, it can. She had faith. She had faith. She had faith. And you know what he did? He healed her daughter. But you know what? He stepped into, this is what he did. See, he was on a timeline. He stepped into the future because it wasn't her time yet. So he went into the future of what he was going to do for the Gentile and gave it to her in the now because of her faith and then went right back into his time capsule and pushed forward into the dimension of not telling anybody yet. That's why I was telling people all the time, don't tell them, don't tell them what happened. Not because he's hiding something, the time ain't right. Let, let them hear first. And if they, when they're going to reject me, then I can open it up to everybody. I don't know why. You figure it out. Ask God. I don't ask your own questions. But I know this. She got God to change his mind because he said no. He said N-O-O-O, no. You know what I'm saying? Go away, you little dog. Bye-bye, shoo-shoo. She said, yeah, but even a dog like me. Ooh, faith. She said, you ain't going to offend me. I don't, even, I don't even believe he was trying to be offensive. But how many know that could be offensive when you ask for something and he tells you no? She said, I don't really care. I ain't going nowhere. Her, you know how she got him? She worshiped him. She got him on worship. She said, even a dog like me, he's the crumbs of fall the master. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you. She worshiped him. She worshiped him not with a song but with the attitude of her heart. You know what I'm saying what I mean? I bow down before you. He can't pass you by. He gripped him. Stuck him. He's stuck. How did he get stuck? Her faith. And God, God, he had to change his mind because he said, no, this ain't no side trick. He only does what he's told. I, I swear to you, as much as I know I'm a saved individual and breathing, I guarantee you Jesus did one of these. What do I do with her? I swear to you, man, what the heck was he supposed to do? He just told her you can't get it. I guarantee you he played air traffic control and goes, what do I do with her? Don't you want to be that person in there? Like, what do I do with Sarno, man? That joker ain't going nowhere. That joker ain't letting go. <laughs> Jesus! You see what I'm saying? You know what I mean? He, what am I going to do with her? I told her to leave. She's a dog. This ain't for her. She said, yeah, but I worship you and I'm not going nowhere. God said, give her what she wants. And from that very, boom, delivered. Man, don't tell me your faith can't get you. You see, here's the thing. You gotta know, biggest problem people got all over the earth. They don't, know, they don't know whether they, number one, we'll talk about it in those three days. Number one, they don't know if they got faith. And number two, they don't know if they released their faith. Because everybody quitting on stuff way too early. Because once you know you got faith and released faith, Kick back. It'll do its job. But most people don't know when they, they don't know where faith is formed, and they don't know when faith has been released. And that's why they get all jerked up with this stuff. You know what I mean? They do it. You get jerked up. Because I don't know if it's where, and they go back and do it all over again. You know what I'm saying? We're going to talk about it. But you see this? This is why you abide. Did you get that? This is the, the word. First and foremost, and the Bible said it. That's it. You guys are doing great. You know what I'm saying? Here, give me, give me like a couple more minutes. I'm helping you. But did you, did you pull that in? Look at 2 Peter 1.19. 2 Peter 1.19. This is good. 
And don't be like those goofy people running around looking for a word. You know, I, I, I got to get a word. Give me a word. Give me a word. Go and run around, going to church, getting a word. You don't need no fabricated gift of the Spirit coming in operation to settle you down. You know what I'm saying? And then not, this was hot, like, and remember, like, back in the day in church, everybody get a word. You know what I mean? Give me a word. I was like, read your Bible. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, I don't mind a word. You know what I mean? If someone want to give you a word and it's legit, get a word. We had a word Monday. We got a word. Me and Miss Kathy, we got a word. We are praying in the Holy Ghost. And I got a word. It's hot in me. I'm sitting on it. I'm sitting. If I talk about it, he's going to show up. But he, we were praying in the spirit. I got the staff together. We prayed with Miss Kathy. She felt the unction. So we prayed. And I got one word. Visitation. That's what I got out of that. God gave me one word in English. Oh, you were there. Did I say it there? No, I didn't say it there. I got it when I came out. One word. Visitation. This is all about Visitation. I said, what's that mean? I mean he's going to visit. He's going to descend. Visitation. That's what he said in the Bible. He's going to show up. What's he do? He just, he just descends. Why? He's God. You know what I'm saying? Visitation. Church, you get ready for it. I'm going to prep you up for it. Because then when we get prepped up for it, he'll just come in like a cloud. He did it Sunday morning. Sunday morning, 8 o'clock, he came in. If the people aren't really, I could push it a little bit, like not in a weird way to hear me. I could, I could stay long enough to get you there, but sometimes you're not ready to receive it, so it don't make no sense going there. But 8 o'clock, he was here. I can yield. I don't ever cross-circuit him. Lauren, <laughs> Lauren will tell you <laughs> my masterful preaching experiences. Yeah, because they go with me on the road, man. The last place, I was like, I stopped preaching in the middle of it. Say, he's here. And shut up and got out of the way. Well, why? Because I don't need to be cute. Cute's over. He might come and not leave. What do you mean, come and not leave? He might just, I'm telling you, he might just come and stay. Well, what do we do then? How in the world do I know? Just show up. You think I'm kidding? He'd been rolling everywhere, rolling in like a cloud. What is it? It's the glory of God. It's the manifested presence of God. It's times of refreshing come from visitation from the Lord. It'll come on you. So we'll talk about it. But you get ready for visitation. That means you prepare a place for him, the presence of God. You know what I'm saying? So look at this. So people go, I need a word. We have a more sure word of prophecy. See that? Everybody say, what do you mean that? It's the Bible. What's that? Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day the star arise in your hearts. Keep going. 20, we're going to go to 21. Knowing this, that no prophecy of the scriptures for any private interpretation. That means it's publicly resounding to everyone. It's not a private act. And it's open to everybody. That's a more sure word of prophecy. You find it, you can keep it and make it your own. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. 
but holy men of God spake by what? As they were moved by the Holy Ghost. They, that's what it is. It's alive. It's in the book. This is a word of prophecy unto your situations and circumstances. You see that? Now, here's the thing. I, I know. Don't go looking for something. Remember I told you this? Don't go looking for something new when you got something already written. Why do you need something new? It's already been written. It's a prophecy to your life. You sick? Go to 1 Peter. You sick? Go to Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus in Nazareth, the Holy Ghost and power, went about doing good and healed all those who oppressed of the devil. There you go. There's healing. That's all you need. But I know what Acts 10.38 says. Well, who cares? Remember I told you? You only ate a steak once in your life? No, you go back and eat it again. You go back and eat it again. Hello? You know what I'm saying? You go back, why do you go back and eat it again? Because every time you eat it, faith comes. Faith comes from what? Healing. Faith comes from money. Faith comes from finance. You see this? Here's a big one. You ready for this? God's word is available to every believer. Does that make sense? Look at Romans 2.11. I like this. I found this. God does not show favoritism. That means this is fair for everybody. You got to just go get it. Every believer has the right. For there is what? No respect of persons with God. One translation says this. God does not show favoritism. Try to amplify. Maybe that's that. For God does not show favoritism. For God shows no partiality, no arbitrary favoritism with him. One person is not more important than another. That's good news. Ain't, well, you, praise God, Brother Hagin, he's special. No, Brother Hagin just found out what was written about him. Oh, Brother Copeland, he's real special. No, Brother Copeland just found out what was written about him. Oh, Joyce Meyer, she's all annoying. I'm not Joyce Meyer. No, she just found out what was written about her. Pick your little fancy one. You got the new ones on. Oh, Stephen Furtick, he's it. Now, Stephen Furtick found out what was written. God bless Stephen Furtick. Oh, Carl Lynch, you don't know what I'm talking about. Hillsong, he just found out what's written about him. Why don't you find out what's been written about you and believe it? That's a difference. Ain't no different. Different gifting, yes. Don't get me wrong. Some people are anointed to do something a little different. I understand that. But here's the thing. Ain't no, find your favorite preacher. What do I care? You see what I'm saying? Well, but they knew what they're doing. Now, they just found out something that was written about them, okay? And then your gift will kick and lie. And you don't want to do nothing God didn't call you to do anyway. That's a waste of time. You know what I'm saying? Just be you. I got all jacked up in Bible school with that. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, I better get a job. I was like, how in the world is God going to use me? Because I was whacked out. You know, I was like, I don't know. I'm talking like, just do it. I didn't understand it. That's why watching these guys move didn't help me. Because, well, they moved a different way, and I didn't move like that. So I go, oh. <laughs> I got a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then God showed me he anoints your personality, and then once that happens, man, you and your uniqueness, because there's only one of you in the world. Because I want to be T.D. Jakes. That guy's dangerous. You ever see him priest? You ever see Bishop Jakes priest? Don't you want to do that? Bishop Jakes, can you give one, one word? Uh, Birds in the air. He preached like a three-hour sermon, like birds fly over your head. I was like, oh, my God, how do you get that? How do you do that? How can you do that? He was just like, my God, he's a machine. Try to be that, you walk out depressed. Yeah, I coveted Jensen Franklin, that guy, man. Oh, my God, I got to write him a letter and repent. I seen all those churches he got. I was in South Carolina. I rode up the street. He had a checkerboard church. 
had the checkerboard lawn and a glass building. It's beautiful, South Carolina. I went up that way. I made a right. I showed up. I said, what is that, the White House? <laughs> My God in heaven, this place was beautiful. Checkerboard, checkerboard lawn. They mowed the lawn and looked like checkerboard. I said, man, that thing is sweet, man. What is that? I look up. I look up over there at glass building, beautiful glass building. This place is huge. I was like, man, what is that place? I look up, free chapel. I'm like, dude, this guy got another church. He got one beautiful one over there, got another one over there. I got jealous, straight up, straight up. I prayed for him and all that, but I was like, man, praise God, bro. Just invite me to come see it, you know, right? And I was laughing. I was like, I did get jealous, though. I'm not going to lie. Man, I was like, that place is beautiful. I want to go, Right? Then he got another one, got another one, got another one. I was like, man, these dudes got it. Hello? You know what I'm saying? But then after that's over and I pray for him and I repent and get my heart right. And then, <laughs> praise the Lord. I, pr- I blessed him because I like him. He's good. He's faithful. But here's what I'm saying. God got an anointing, put it on a personality, made you unique. Be you. Hello? See this? Find out what it says about you. Find out what it says about you. Well, I'm, I'm this. No, you're not. You're what the Bible says about you. Stop rejecting what God said about you even because you don't understand who you are. You don't know enough about you. You know what I'm saying? You, you understand this? Because I know what happens. You compare yourself. That's, the Bible says that's wrong. Don't compare yourself to nobody. Because once you start, and we all do it a little bit. Like, we compare ourselves to, like, ooh, look at this. These people, nah, 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 nah. You be you. You know what I'm saying? Say, like, well, my job's not important. You want to bet? Want to bet? I'm telling you, everybody's job is important. You see what I'm saying? That's why, it's, that's why, let me tell you something right here now. I'm going to give you something. That's why it's important to be faithful in church. When you volunteer, show up on time. You're important, man. You're important. I'm serious, man. You think I'm kidding? Everything is important. Do everything unto the Lord. That's not like the pastor proverbial, oh, you just want everybody here because you want. No, everybody, you know, you got to say that because you want everything. No, how in the world are you going to do something if people ain't faithful? You don't think it's important? Man, I told God when I first started up, I was like, I'm mowing the lawn, bro. I didn't want to do none of this stuff. I was like, time out. Wait, go slow. If you are on the team with God, everybody gets the reward. Remember them spies spied out the land? They all came back with the spoil and shared it. This is like Super Bowl. I understand football. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got a ring? Everybody get a ring. Everybody gets a ring, and you, you just handed out water? Well, give me the water job. That's easy, bro. <laughs> High-quality H2O. Come on, bro. I could do this all day long. You ain't going to get hit? You see those dudes get hit? I ain't got to get hit, and I get the same ring. Maybe less. I don't care if there's five less diamonds in that thing. I ain't getting hit. You see what I'm saying, right? The kicker? Come on, dude. The punter? Dude, bro, come on. You get the, you don't get hit. Barely. If you get hit, you're too slow. Kick the thing quicker. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? You, get a, you, you, you win? I was like a kingdom guy. I'm like, you get the same reward? Praise be to God. I, was, well, I started traveling. When I was traveling for a little bit, I went with the ministry. Man, I was swimming in the pool. Now, I wasn't preaching. They were preaching. Like, you preach. Stay up, pray in tongues, do whatever you got to do. I'm swimming in the pool. I went to NBC Suite. I loved it, man. I remember, like, first road trip, we were out there. I was swimming in the pool, working out, and eating breakfast. I said, this is the life, bro. I pray to God they pay me to do this forever. I was like, man, this is great. 
where are you going? He's like fasting, praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm like, yeah, peace. I'm going to get some eggs. <laughs> God. I was like, what time you got to go to the meeting? I'm like, bro, I don't care. I'm going to go get a latte before this thing bangs out. I jacked up the slides and everything. I was like, all right, all right, cool. We'll fix it later. It's all good. Where are we going after this? And I was like, and I was like, you preach. I'll never forget. I'll give you a story. You want to hear a quick story? I'm at the, I'm at, I'm at the maybe center. This is tr- true. Me and JJ, and I'm there helping John Brevere. So I get the phone call to help John. I got a relationship with someone, and they go, hey, can you help John at the Maybe Center in Tulsa? And I go, that's a big place, man. So I said, come during the day. You were Pastor Billy Joe at the, at the, there's the Baby Maybe, which is where Billy Joe Darty had the church. And then you go across the street, and it's basically, it's ORU. It is the Maybe Center, and it's a bowl. It goes straight up and comes straight down. I went to go see T.L. Osborne there, and it was amazing. So I go, I got it. Yeah, we can do it. Who's my help? Nobody. I got me, my buddy, and this lady from Africa who can't speak no English. <laughs> she didn't know nothing, but she was sweet. I was like, what do you know? She's like, I don't know nothing. I was like, all right, great. This is going to be good. And I got all this stuff. I don't know how to do nothing. So we're jamming, right? And he gives his altar call, and the morning was crazy, and the night, and we just worked, and we did it all. And I never forget as long as I live. You can call Jay and ask him right now. We're in the maybe center. We're on the bottom. And I got to go work this table. And literally, he goes, come down here if you're serious about God and the move of God on your life or whatever it was, something like this. And I swear to you, I was like, let's go. We got to go now. And I swear to you, I was walking up the steps. I never forget this as long as I live. I walked up the steps. I was in a hustle, and I went, I was like, stop. Turn around. And he went, I said, you see all these people? They're streaming out of the building, man. I said, you see that? See all those people? I said, that's your reward. Don't ever forget it. Now, come on, let's go to work. And we walked away. and never forget it as long as I live. Because here's the thing. What you think's big ain't big. The kingdom's bigger than you think, man. You're going to go to heaven, and you're going to trip out. Like, whose house is that? It's going to be some little old lady that nobody knew. Because God don't look at big the way you look at big. Big is you be faithful to what God gave you. That's the key. Big isn't what we think is big. Big ain't got nothing to do with big. Big has to do with obedience. Big has to do with obedience, man. Let me tell you right here now. Big has to do with obedience. If God told you to do it, God told me a long time. I said, God, if I go build yours, God said, if I didn't tell you to do it, you build it and it's debt free. You don't get no reward for it. I said, you got to be kidding me. Show me in the Bible. You know what he showed me? David. David wanted to build the house of the Lord. He said, you're not. You're a man of war. He said, you ain't doing it. Your kid will do it, but you won't do it. He said he had the money to do it. He could have did whatever he wanted to do. God said, I didn't call you to do it. It ain't your job to do it. He'll do it, not you. You're a man of war. You stay in your lane. He'll stay in his lane, and you only get real. Let me tell you what you get rewarded for, whatever God told you to do. You might be doing kingdom business, think you're helping God. You might be out of the will of God. I'm telling you, man, all I'm responsible for is what God asked me to do. Amen? Stay in your lane. Big is being faithful. Big is being faithful to your giving. It's the truth because people can't get nothing without the money. Big is doing your job. God might just have you intercede. Come on, man, intercede. I'm telling you, listen, 
Abide in this word. He'll, he'll show you your gift. Big might be working with the kids. Big might be, big might be, you know what, I like this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meddle here. Some of you business people get hammered for making money. You should go make more money. You know what the problem with the church is? They tried to pull business people and stick them in departments they never needed to be stuck in because that doesn't mean because you're doing church work, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. If you're supposed to be in the business world, stay in the business world. Don't let the church pull you in and make you feel bad. That's for somebody. Because you feel like, well, I'm not working in the nursery. Well, guess what? Somebody else is, and that's their job. And if you're supposed to be in the nursery, get in the nursery. Because if you ain't supposed to be doing something else, do it. You're anointed for that. Working with kids, I cannot. Listen, I go over there, I like it. Ain't no way I'm staying there eight hours. No way. I got I, my date, because I let them do whatever. I just go off, man. I just, I'm going to have fun. If I'm going over there, the kids love it when I go over there. I cause a jailbreak. They're all like jumping up and down and getting all wild. But you, you have to have an anointing to teach kids. I came and did chapel one day. I asked Roxanne, I was like, how long do you preach these kids? She's like, two minutes. I was like, what? She goes, you got to do the, they got a they math for it, like the age, you know what I'm saying? For the age, you know, I, I, Heather's, you know, there's an age, right? There's an age and a time. You know what I'm talking about? There's like a time thing. You know what I'm talking about? It's like if you got them before, you got to take it and give them like two minutes. I said, two minutes? All I did was come in here and go, be strong, be courageous, be strong, be courageous. They still did it six months later. The kids, every time they see me, I was a strong and courageous guy. That's all they knew. Strong, courageous. I was like, yeah, go home and tell your mom. I don't know what to tell you. I'm like, everybody go home and say, throw rocks at David. David threw rocks at Goliath. Goliath died. Be strong and be courageous. They're throwing rocks in the parking lot. What do you want from me? I'm not cut out for this. I did it once and that was it. They come in here, there's 100 kids in here. I don't know, it looks like 100 kids in me. They're doing all their stuff, and they do all that. Guess what? If you're anointed for that, stay in your lane. It's important. One kid gets saved, it's on you, because you were faithful. See it? Abide. Abide in this stuff. I don't know, this thing took a turn. We got to go home. The turn was better. Because you want to know why? I, you, know why I'm, you know why I'm saying this? I didn't know what I was saying before, but I know why I'm saying it now. You find your calling in the Word of God. While you're reading the word of God, God is going to reveal your calling to you. I promise you that's true. We're leaving. He will reveal to you your purpose. He will reveal to you your purpose. While you're spending time in that word and that, that word. Come and tell you right now, you know everybody that went to Bible school? And you know what, Dennis? You're like this. Like, like Jeannie and the, and the batch of Bible school students I had, the first batches, I used to call them soccer moms. I had soccer moms and business people, and all they wanted to do was learn about God. That's all they came. They came just to learn more about God. And, I mean, she's a testimony to that. And I was like, all these people wanted to do was learn more about God. But I knew they were called. The minute I saw some of them, I said, they're called to God. They just don't know it yet. And six months into this thing, six months into this, some of them, you see the light bulb. Because I was teaching it. The light bulb went on. I got something to give to the world. I seen it, man, and I said, they would have never, ever, ever stepped into some of this stuff until they started getting close to that word. But once they started getting close to that word and getting close to that word, they started believing in what they could be. They started believing in what they could do. They started believing in what God called them. They started believing, and you seen that light kind of kicking, and they knew, I could be a difference in the homeless ministry. I could be a difference in the jail. I could start a ministry. I could intercede. I can pray. I can be something God said I could be. And I seen it, and I said, you know what, though? If you didn't get them close to that word, they maybe would have never taken the step of faith to be the minister that God called them to be. But when you 
see it happen, you go, how did that happen? And God's like, they got close to me because I am the word and the word is me. You can't get close to Jesus without getting close to the word, guys. He is the word. If you ain't close to the word, you ain't close to him. You got to get close to him. He, in the midnight hour, he'll give you the answers to everything. You got to get close to that word. You got to hang on to it. And I watched them in the ministries, and I've seen these, and they're in the ministries today. So many people doing what they're doing because God exposed himself to them in the spirit. Just exposed himself. Here's who I am, God. And they've seen it. And you one of them too, Hugh. Another one. And you one too, Jack. Got near that things of God. And then you started finding out like, man, I'm called to God. I'm called to God. I got a ministry in me. I got something in me to go do. Let me tell you right now, that's why I said the prototype of Bible school, 90% of my people that are going to be in the ministry would never go make the move because they didn't know they were called until they got close to that word. And the minute that word got close to them, they started seeing who they are in Christ. And them gifts, you can't do, man, let me tell you something right here now. You cannot understand the difference that is happening in people's lives. Once you get close to that word, something in you changes. You start believing in this thing God gave you. How'd that happen? Got close to the word. Once you get close to that word, you find out who you are. But he is the word. See it? Come one with it, and next thing you know, he starts talking to you about destiny, dreams, plans, purposes. That ain't a plug for Bible school. I'm just telling you what's up. You start saturating yourself in that word. And he starts talking about gifts, calling. The Bible says he went up, and we went up, gifts came down. We'll talk about gifts this morning. Amen? Stand up on your feet. Come on, you did great. Amen? You get you got those scriptures? See that? I don't know, that's a little bit, that was a little bit of stuff from from, from another planet, amen. <laughs> God pull it in your planet, planet, planet shakers, amen. But you understand that? You understand it? You get it? Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just take a minute. Thank you, Lord. Let's take a minute. Just lift your hands to heaven. Just thank him. Thank him right now for what's taking place in your life. Mm. Let that word help you. Let that word change you. Let that word transform you right now, right now. I'm praying for each and every one of you. Praying for every partner. Praying for everybody. I'm praying for everybody watching. Hallelujah. Everybody watching. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the gifts. Thank you, Lord, for the gifts and the callings and the purposes and the plans of people in this building, Lord. Thank you for the word of God. So true into their life. Transforming their life. Helping their life. Rearranging their life. Speaking to their kids, Lord. Children's generations to come. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness in each and every person in this room. I thank you, Lord, for the plan and the purpose you have for their life. And, Lord, until we meet again, God, speak and reveal yourself to them at a supernatural level because we know when we believe that God has great things for them to do. That word is bringing illumination and bringing revelation of who they are in Christ and what they can do in Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the plans and the purposes. And we thank you, Lord, as they pursue them, they'll walk in the greatness that you have for them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, put your hands together. You did great. Don't forget, Sunday morning, 
We're going to be here. We're going to be pushing this last one of this word in this series. And I want you to come ready to receive. And I want you to pray a little bit about visitation. Amen. If God wants to visit us, let him visit us the way he wants to. Amen. Let him just let him go because you'll go home with it. Amen. Be open to hearing him speak to your heart. Pray, intercede a little bit. I really believe this next season is going to be the greatest season we've seen in the church. I'm telling you, I'm serious. You can feel it, that he's really, really hungry for touching his people. So get ready. Come expecting. Amen. I love you guys. God bless you. I'll see you Sunday morning. Amen. 9 and 1030. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.